I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Wednesday, May 20, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Well, they're working on it. They're grinding higher. They're into the 100-day moving average. Here's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to look at the daily chart. We're going to talk about the stuff that jumps off the screen. What we're also going to do is we're going to drill down to intraday charts. We're going to go from long to short. We're going to go from short to long. We're going to take a look at the intraday mindset. We're going to take a look at some intraday trades from that perspective. Then we're going to look at the longer term perspective and we'll use some intermediate charts. We'll use the daily. We'll even use the weekly today. And we're going to look at the longer term perspective and then we're going to marry the two together to see what the hell is going on here. There's clues out there, but the market is giving clues in both directions. Which clues are the real clues? Let's start with the daily chart and what's jumping off the page. Well, we talk about the moving averages. We've still yet to hit, or they've still yet to hit, the 200 period moving average, which right now comes in around 299 and a half. We know the routine about this spot here. 294.24, as long as they stay above, and that is on a daily chart closing basis, as long as they stay above, they're good. They dip below, and we'll call it shenanigans, a rope-a-dope, they're right back up. And when I say dip below, I mean yesterday. The closing price yesterday was essentially a rope-a-dope. So yesterday the market closed at 291.97. They had the end of the day sell-off. And today they gapped the market right back up north. So let's take that in and of itself and let's talk about it for a minute because I think it's meaningful. Let's interpret what the market is doing. Forget the charts for a second. Forget the numbers for a second. Let's just discuss the concept of what's going on. Let's start all the way down here where the market goes up and it pulls back. And it repeats this process a few times. So we're basically still in that process. We're repeating that process once again. So we're in that phase where the market's going up. To where? We'll get to that later. We know one important number on the board is 302.46, which is above the 200-period moving average. The reason why I'm less focused right now on the 200-period moving average is because for three days now, the market's been creeping along, for the most part, underneath both moving averages. They're too close for comfort. We're just going to say the moving averages. The longer they creep into moving averages and eat time off the clock below moving averages the less important said moving averages become from a overhead resistance standpoint. Here's the storyline that we have to really have an awareness of. The market had multiple opportunities to decline. The market could have sold off many, many times. All the way back here in this pullback, it could have kept going. Put in the shenanigans candle, this isn't real, this tail down here, still stuck on the chart, but then we went back up. Even yesterday... They could have certainly opened today lower, come down and filled the gap, discussed all the things that we talked about in last night's video, and one of the things we talked about was the alternative. The alternative was the bull case. The bull case is it was a rope-a-dope, and you find the market right back where it started from the following day, which is what happened today. 
And that storyline, the fact that the market had opportunities, every opportunity to decline multiple times, it hasn't, it keeps coming back. What that tells me is that it has yet to reach final destination. Wherever final destination may be, maybe final destination isn't for four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, who knows? It doesn't matter. It could be next week. It's not the point. We don't need to know that yet. Why don't we need to know we're final destination? A, because we can't really know until the market does what? Until the market puts in a sign and a signal of a trend change by the book, that's how we know. Why? Because we need something to trade against if we're going to take a short trade at the market, whatever the next high will be. When you have something to trade against, you know what? You know where you're wrong and you're able to lose what? Small and fast. All this stuff is packaged together in the let's treat it as a business category. Guessing where the high is going to be may work out sometimes, but it doesn't work out most of the time. Case in point. How many people you think shorted the market here, shorted the market here, shorted the market here, and ended up getting pies in the face? How about here? How about here? We talked about it each and every time the market was going down. You get these traders that hop on the short side, and they think they're going to get the big payday, and what they do end up getting is a pie in the face or a conveyor belt of pies in the face. Once in a while, they end up getting paid off. However, if you think about it, if the short traders out there, these are the people that are intent on catching the ride down. They're not interested in buying the market long. They're not interested in trading stocks long. They're only interested in shorting the market. Believe me when I tell you, there's plenty of people out there just like that. In fact, there's a ton of them listening to this video right now. They want me to say the market's going to go down. And if I don't, they pound the thumbs down button. Those people will be right eventually. They're always right eventually. The problem is, if you take it a bucket of 10 trades, how many out of the last 10 trades did they actually make money on? And we're talking about the short trades, and the answer is probably not a lot. So for now, for the purposes of this conversation, and we're going to talk about both cases, bull and bear case. For the purposes of this conversation, we'll assume they have not reached final destination yet, Let's assume final destination is somewhere in the ballpark for now. And it may not be the final destination. It may be nowhere near the final destination. But let's just assume for argument's sake, it's somewhere in the vicinity of SPY 300, give or take something on either side. Maybe it's up to the gap at 302.5. In the big scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. A couple of bucks on a $300 stock is not a big deal. So one of the ways that they shake out the short traders is by gapping the market up in the morning. They did it Sunday night into Monday, and then they did it this morning. Traders that buy puts, they can't get out of their trade until the market opens at 9.30. They end up eating a shit burger, and then spend the remainder of the day trading their way or trying to trade their way out of the hole. How do I know this to be true? I've been in that camp. You learn from your lessons. So the bull case is pretty simple. They keep going higher. It's the wall of worry. It defies all odds. It defies gravity. We get all that stuff. None of that matters. We're just talking about a chart and numbers. I'm disconnecting the reality of the fact that there are no earnings. There's no business. Business is just starting to open back up. We get all that. But all that stuff never mattered before, even though you want to believe it does. 
So therefore, it doesn't matter now. What matters are the numbers and the charts. What about the hourly chart? What can we say about the hourly chart? So we have the gap up. This would be a flagpole. So we're in another scenario, and these repeat over and over and over again. But we have one of these bull flaggish wedgish type of formations. So here we go. And the next move should be a continuation move to the upside. You've never heard me say that before. I know. But what else is the takeaway from today's activity? The first hour of the day happens to create a breakup candle. The low is 295.57. When we go over to inside the numbers, you'll notice that we're already talking about that number. It's an awareness. We need to know about it in case they come to pay a visit later on. What did they do later on? They came to pay a visit. They didn't quite get there, but the low is 295.81. So we have a couple of areas for inside the numbers members, the intraday stuff. We have some areas, some numbers that the market is going to fight. The bull bear battle is going to ensue at these numbers. Unless I have the number wrong, it's going to happen the majority of the time. Can I get the number wrong? Of course I can get the number wrong. Today, the numbers were pretty right. Take notice of where we closed today, 296.96. Take notice of where the market is after hours. As I make this video, 297.37 by 40. So they wait until the closing bell. Then they send the market up a little bit more. That's another way the market is telling you something. For whatever the reason is, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, they just don't want you in, or as many traders, they want to leave out of the trade as possible. The objective during the day is to shake you out. What's the bear case for tomorrow? Getting below the breakup candle low that we just said, 295.57, and what would happen if they did that? They would come down to fill the gap. They would come right down to 294.80 and likely below. And I'll tell you this, if they're doing that in the morning, and if they're down there instead of up, something's going wrong most likely, and I would put this gap down here on the table, the one we discussed yesterday that could have happened today if they collapsed the market. Collapse is a tough term, it just rolled off the tongue, we'll go with it. But when just looking at the market from a conceptual standpoint, you have to ask yourself the question. You're not going to get an answer, but you have to ask the question, why couldn't they fail? A number of times they went down, they keep coming back. The way I look at that, I put it in the duck category. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. The duck says higher prices are likely on the table. Just wanted to talk about the weekly chart for a moment. It's interesting, there's a couple of things going on. What jumps off the page when I look at the weekly chart? You're approaching a 50-week moving average right at 299. Why is that significant? Because when you look at the daily chart, you see the 200-period or 200-day moving average right around 299.5. So you have two moving averages. They're different from each other. They're on different charts, but they're all at or both at the same number or close enough. That's a puzzle piece. That's on the table. You also have a gap that was filled today. Why wasn't I mentioning that gap ahead of time? Why wasn't that gap inside the numbers? Why wasn't that gap overhead resistance? Well, essentially it turned out to be that way, but you don't look at gaps on a weekly chart the same way you look at gaps on a daily chart or an hourly chart or any other chart that's a shorter time frame because intra-week you can do a lot of things above that gap. It's whether or not they close the week below the gap that's more important. So it doesn't really come into play 
intra week as much as, for example, a daily chart gap or an hourly chart gap would. But that's not really what's important to me on this chart. What's important to me is this enormous breakdown candle. And I know, and you know, mainly from listening to me a million times, that the market likes to climb up those breakdown candles. Doesn't always get to the top, but it likes to climb up. It's an awareness. It's food for thought. I'm not suggesting we're getting up to 325 anytime soon. I'm just saying that if they begin to climb up, and certainly there are resistance or overhead resistance areas along the way, but if they climb up, we're not going to be surprised. There's one more thing I want to make mention of on the weekly chart. This is a little more of the art form stuff. It's the way in which I look at things. You're getting inside my head, put your galoshes on. It's a little bit messy in there. But here's the deal. So the market puts in this tail candle. A lot of traders look at that weekly tail candle and they say, hey, that's a topping tail, market's going to go down. I got dozens, maybe bucketfuls of emails on that topping tail. Pretty good for the email indicator, isn't it? Now, following that, and by the way, that is true. Under normal garden variety conditions, as long as they never close above the high of that tail candle, the high happens to be 294.88. As long as they don't close above the high, they are prone to sell off, go down, do whatever you want to call it. But that didn't happen. They went the other way. The following week was a very strong candle finishing near the highs. Look where we are now. Now, we don't know where we're going to finish this week. They still have yet to close above that high. But here's the way I look at it. The same energy that would have once been there for the market to decline off that tail candle. And we don't know how far. I'm just saying, generally speaking, you would have gotten two, three, four weeks of decline, sideways, back and forth, but declining price off that tail candle. That didn't happen. The same energy is ultimately released in the other direction. It's just food for thought. Detour, short hop, inside the numbers. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. The market was basically in a very narrow chop shop all day long for the most part after the gap up in the morning. But what we do have is a couple of important things on the board. I'm going to point out two things. You can read the rest for yourself. That's if you're so inclined. So here's the morning notes. This is the pre-market notes. This is posted 7 o'clock, 7.30, that kind of stuff. Then as the morning starts to unfold, we start to get a sense for what's going on. I start to get a sense for what's really going on. Was it just the overnight frenzy and what are they going to do by the opening bell? Or are they serious and have higher prices in the mix? So as you can see, we're angling to be buyers of the market. We're looking for the early morning shakeout, and we're looking for the market to be supported in and around 29.43, give or take. Now that's if they conduct an early morning shakeout operation. They don't have to. We've got both sides. They can jam them higher right at the open. They can drop them at the open. You never know which way it's going to be, but an awareness of where the important numbers are is all we can do. Then, whatever they do do, you're pre-prepared to take action. Let's continue scrolling up, see what's going on. 9.34, here they are again, SPY 296. Now, right out of the chute today, we're working with the SPY because we knew the numbers from yesterday. What was important yesterday is still important today. What was once resistance is now support. What support is now resistance until the market gives us different numbers. It didn't take much time. You'll notice that post is at 937. 
And here's a one-minute chart of the SPY. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. You can see here the market took off a couple of minutes later at 9.40. So what was the commentary? The longer they hang around underneath or around 296, the more likely they're going to go higher. Here's a five-minute chart, and you can see them going higher. Sometimes it happens real quick. Sometimes they give you time to have a cup of coffee before you place the trade. So we have to have an awareness of where the next resistance area is. 296.75 is on the board at 941. And then we have a couple of other numbers up above. If they should get above that, 297.5, 298. 950, not much to say other than they're doing the thing. Assuming they can get through 296.75, the next step will be on the table. They should stay above 296 and a quarter for the bulls to play on, the bull band to play on. You want to know both sides, 955. You have that low that we were talking about. Now, this is before the low was created by a breakup candle, an hourly chart breakup candle. All we had at the time was the low of day. Break below the low of day, and you have to start talking about all that space in between the gap left open from yesterday's close and where they were at the present time. It's all an awareness. Where are you on the chart? What are the numbers? You need a tour guide. Let's continue moving along. By the way, just for kicks, here's a three-minute chart so you can see what happened at 296.75. They made a high of 296.79, had a pretty decent pullback from there. So traders, and there are traders out there, and this is why I discuss this, there are traders that will absolutely take a scalp short trade at that number because it was overhead resistance. Now, I'm not saying to do that. I thought the market was going to go higher, but they had a nice pullback nonetheless. The market ended up going higher. Remember the other spot? About 297.50. Remember the 941 post? 297.50. We're not playing games here. This is business. And now look at it from this perspective. It became the 296, essentially the 297 show. And what you'll see in the notes later on, which we'll get to in a second, I can't talk and type at the same time, it's impossible. Essentially, 297 contained the market in the afternoon. They spiked it a little bit a number of times, but they can never sustain above it. Now, as I continue to make this video, the market is getting stronger in the after hours, 297.50 as I make this part of the tape. Why do they have to wait until the aftermarket? So that traders who wanted to be involved weren't. That's courtesy of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Let's just scroll up the notes, and you can read this at your leisure. Stop the video. Start the video whenever you like. I'm going to scroll up through the notes. I think you should, if you're at all active during the trading day, take a gander at the notes, go back to the chart to see what happened. Today wasn't a real active day, so there's not a lot to see, but you can certainly see which numbers were important, which numbers came into play, and whether or not the numbers were on the board before price got to the numbers. This is not an after-the-fact type of business. We also had some stocks on the move today. They were really crap trades, but we're going to take a look at them anyway. Why? Because we take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's no secrets here. This is full and complete transparency. Some days we actually kill it trading these stocks on the move list. Other days they're dead in the water like spinning your wheels in the sand. That's just the way the market is. 
can't do anything about it. You take what the market hands you and you don't cry over spilt milk. Two hit their price objectives today, PGNY and Urban Outfitters URBN. Let's go take a look at the charts, see what happened. PGNY. Buzz cut at the open. Here's the closing price from yesterday, 27.39. 25.49 identified before the opening bell. So it wasn't the number. The stock came close, then it came into it, then it went right through. So that wasn't the number, but it was around the number. You see a safety net underneath, which is 24.60, came up short of that, then they went back up. So with this one, it's not a good trade, it's not a bad trade, it's just an okay trade because they didn't really do what they were supposed to do. Ended up getting to a high of 26.08, 50 cents on a $25 stock is 2%. It's nothing to sneeze at provided you got all the gain. It hung around 25 and a half for far too long today. It didn't give us the deal. No harm, no foul, no loss. How about Urban Outfitters? Urban Outfitters was a crap sandwich today. Technically speaking, the trade was stopped out. The stop was 1635 from a 1665 entry. Again, it's pretty small and fast. Wasn't fast, but it was small. But I also put something else up on the board for traders that were interested. If you read the commentary, what you would have seen is that if they get to $16, that's another area where traders can purchase an additional position in Urban Outfitters if they're not interested in stopping out, if they want to trade out of the position looking for a bounce away from 16 back in the northern direction. So where was the low of day? Low of day happens to be 16.01. You see the concept of what happened. They went right back to what? 16.65. What was the high in this candle? 16.64. High in this candle? 16.64. High in this candle, 1664. High in this candle, 1665. Interestingly enough, you can see that the market found 1664, 1665 rather important. Even though the trade didn't work, the takeaway is the numbers worked. So what happened? The stock got below the number and then that became resistance when they went to fight back to get above the number. They couldn't do it. It's resistance until it's not. Back to the hourly chart just for a moment. Let's get rid of the lines we don't need. Just want to point something out that's important. Something else that you would have seen if you read through the commentary. What you would have seen is that we identified the low of the first hourly breakup candle as 295.57. What we also said was if the market or when the market comes down, and this is before it does, comes down to test that area, that's an area where the bulls will have to play goal line defense. When you see a comment like that on the board, you can expect a bull bear battle at that number. So they came down and they didn't quite reach that number, but they did have the bull bear battle. That number was defended by the special teams. Why does that happen? Because more often than not, under garden variety market conditions, if they come down and they like to come down and test the breakup candle lows, and what else? The breakdown candle highs. We just talked about it from the weekly chart perspective. Remember, doesn't matter what chart we're talking about. And this is the stuff that I explain, I teach in detail in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. What you learn is that you can be looking at a 5-minute chart, a 10, 15, 30, 60. It doesn't make any difference. You can look at an hourly, weekly, and monthly, and you'll see the same thing repeat over and over and over again. They're different charts, but when you shrink them down or blow them up, they all look and act the same. All charts act 
and react the same way. How do you like them apples? And by the way, the reason I bring that stuff up all the time when the market's headed or even long before it even thinks about going down, I want to bring up the topic of where these important areas are. It's in the spirit of being pre-prepared. The amount of times on a day like today with a big gap up, the amount of times in a light volume, quiet market that's chopping back and forth, the amount of times they're just going to blow through the low of day, the breakup candle low and keep going, the amount of times that happens versus the amount of times you see the goal line defense come out is small in comparison. I know this, that's why I bring it up inside the numbers. How about Camp IWM? What's this market telling us today? Interestingly enough, you have to take notice of the fact that the IWM was up over 3% today. The SPY was up less than 2%. The IWM is, in fact, my favorite market-leading indicator, and therefore, it's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Something else you see in the commentary is when these are leading, meaning the IWM, favorite indicator number one, and the transportation average, which is my second favorite market-leading indicator, might as well go over there now, and when that's up 3% and you have those two bolt-ons up more than the SPY, you have to take notice the market is just unlikely to fall apart unless these things fall apart. Anything's possible, anything can happen. It's just the probabilities of what's likely to happen when you put all these things into the pot together and stir them around, you come out with, it was unlikely the market was gonna fall apart. Already made an attempt, kind of fell away pretty rapidly today, but already made an attempt to get up to this pivot high from the 29th of April. The high is 86.97. They didn't quite get there today. They got to a high of 85.94. But what did they do? This is an interesting one. Here's a breakdown candle. And this is a small candle in comparison to some of the others. But it's still nonetheless a breakdown candle. Well, guess what? The high of that breakdown candle is 85.15. What's the high of day today? High of day is 85.94. Well above that. But did they close above it? No, they didn't. Does the market tend to do the same thing over and over again, depending on the chart? Doesn't matter what the chart is. Hourly chart, daily chart, doesn't make any difference. What you just saw here, what I just explained here, you can find on a five-minute chart. Not that the same price area is the same resistance on a five-minute chart, but what you do find is the market acting and reacting the same way on a five-minute chart as it does on a daily chart. Doesn't matter. That's all the stuff that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And by the way, that's not a shameless plug. I'm trying to teach you. You're here because you want to learn, so therefore I'm returning the favor and I'm trying to teach you. The favor is that you're patronizing the channel. Remember, none of this stuff happens without the audience. Do we have sports without the fans? Of course not. It's all the same market. So whatever the SPY and the NASDAQ and the IWM and other markets are going to do, they're all going to do the same thing, not necessarily to the same magnitude. But if they're all going up big one day or down big one day, they're all moving in sync. Any new information in the queues? No, this has been our tell for a long, long time. Nothing bearish on this chart. It's absolutely bullish. It's in an uptrend. Nothing wrong with the tape. In fact, I'll give you one better. They filled the gap today. And mainly, I think, because they came up short yesterday and pulled away. So they made a couple of attempts over the last couple of days to get up here. But now they're up here, and guess what? They closed above the gap. That's bullish, not bearish. Financials, 
up above the 20-period moving average. We know the story. Without the financials, the market's not going to get very far in either direction. Up 2% today. Unless this is one big rope-a-dope, this is all in the bucket of they're going higher still. And I'm not saying just the financials. I'm saying everything. And I know what a lot of you are going to say. He's always biased to the bull side. That's not the case. I'm just telling you what I see on the chart. Believe me. I like a good short trade just the same as everybody else. There's something a little sinister about making money while the market goes down. I guess that's part of the allure. The second part is the market generally takes the express elevator down and the escalator on the way up. So if you can catch one of those short trades, you typically get paid pretty quick. Smash Mouth, anything wrong here? What's this telling us? It's up over 3.5%. What's it telling us, bullish or bearish? It's telling us bullish. It's above all the moving averages. It's a pretty darn good indicator of the tech space in and of itself. So what? It's a duck. The duck says what the duck says. We're just relaying the information. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. We just touched on that a minute ago. But that's all true and accurate information. We're going to give it a wrap here. I'm going to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.